Well, greetings today. We began a series several weeks ago of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in the beginning of the series, I have made a comment that foundational scripture was Matthew 16 and John 14. And Matthew 16, of course, is Peter saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus saying to Peter, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then John 14, just go ahead and read it to you. Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. I want to concentrate on seeing today, and I want you to notice what Jesus says. You would know him, and you would see him. If you'd known me, you would have known my Father. And from now on, henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that have seen me have seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. And like I said here, we're concentrating on what is seen. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen my Father also. Now, I want to bring to our mind a couple things in this statement. What I want to bring into this statement is where we've been in Hebrews 9. He shall appear the second time unto salvation. His appearing the second time to salvation And this appearing has to do with the optimeia, according to the Strong's Concordance of the King James, which is dealing with sight. Those that look for him, he shall appear the second time unto salvation. So you have in the word appearing here, in the definition, you have something seen and gazing up on that that scene. So we're going to be dealing with sight. And out of the gate, I want us to consider in Exodus when Moses was desiring to see the glory of the Lord, what God said to him. This is in Exodus 33, and we'll read verse 17. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, 
I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. All right. God says to Moses, Thou cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. All right. We all believe God is the Father of Jesus Christ. Or most Christians believe that to some measure. Some may have different understandings of that statement, but they believe that God is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the apostle Paul writes, well, no man can see my face. No man can see God and live. Now, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen my father also. <laughs> to comprehend that statement, To get a hold of what he said is, I believe, life eternal. Seeing Jesus is a whole new man. Amen. Peter saw him in the flesh, walked with him, I believe ate with him, but well, no, he did. But yet, when he called him the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus declares flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. And see, when I see Christ... No man can see me and live. He shall appear the second time unto salvation. Now, Colossians 3, Colossians chapter 3, with this very thought that no man can see me and live, reads, therefore, verse 1, Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, this translation says, if you've been raised with Messiah, keep focusing on the things that are above, where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Keep your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died. Here's, here's the great mystery. You're dead. And your life has been hid 
has been safely guarded by the Messiah in God. The King James says your life is hid with Christ in God. When the Messiah who is your life is revealed, then you too will be revealed with him in glory. When he appears, King James says, another translation says, when he is manifest, you are also manifest with him. Christ, who is our life. For you're dead. And Christ, who is your life. See, no man can see God and live. When you see him by the Spirit of God, you begin to comprehend that you're dead and that your life is Christ. You're living by him. Yes. That is salvation. Not living by ourselves but living by him. That's how we appear with him in glory, as one with him. We don't appear there in ourselves. We appear in him. He appears in us, and we appear in him because he's our life. See, <laughs> that's how that works. He's our life. He purchased us with his own blood to himself. That's what we are in. We're in Christ Jesus. We, we, we say this all the time. And being in Christ Jesus is a new man, a new creation. And Paul says we're created of God in Christ Jesus. We're new creature, new creation, created of God in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. So all the things of the new are of God. They're not of the natural man. They're of the spirit of the living God. I made a comment a few days ago. Our new birth is of the spirit of the living God. Now, we receive the Lord, but what we receive is not of us. It's of him. And now we are included in what we receive. Christ comes into us, and we come into Christ. And the understanding of the Lord begins to break up on us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And we walk out of that initial experience of the Lord saying, Jesus came into my heart. My sins were rolled away. Now, all of that right there is of him. I couldn't roll my sins away. I couldn't have a pure conscience before God. He had to come. So he comes into our hearts. And when he comes into our hearts, we are brought into him.
hallelujah, to the Lamb of God. And by the Spirit of God, we are baptized by one Spirit, Paul writes, into one body. Paul says in another place, we're baptized into his death. So we're united in Christ in death. That we would live unto God in Christ. And that's a that's quite a statement. That's quite a statement. To live unto God in Christ. That's salvation. Now, why do I say that's quite a statement? I say that's quite a statement because our living unto God is according to Jesus Christ. It's not according to you and me. It's not according to you and me. It's not the works of righteousness. It's his divine work that's made real in our hearts. So we begin in his divine work in the new birth. By spiritual baptism, we come into understanding of this divine work. Amen. We come into understanding of him. See, see, that's what Jesus said of the Holy Spirit. He will take of mine and show it to you. In John 16, I quote John 16 often. I love John 16. He told his disciples he had many things to say to them, but they could not bear it. What they couldn't bear was his death, burial, and resurrection. They couldn't bear him. He could have told them, and in places he did, but they couldn't understand it, they couldn't see it, and they couldn't comprehend it or grasp hold of it. But he said when the Spirit would come, he was going to guide them into all truth. See, See, the answer to they can't bear it now is when the Spirit comes, he's going to take that of mine and show it to you. This is the answer. This is how we see is by the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of the living God shows us, discloses Christ to us in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection, in his fullness. That's what the Spirit of the living God does. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. That's got to become the desire of our hearts that we would know him, that we would know him. See, here's where I'm at, John 16 and 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it 
unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. So Jesus, speaking of the coming of the Spirit, is telling his disciples he's going to glorify him. The Spirit's going to glorify him because he's going to receive that of him, and he's going to show it, reveal it, make it known, disclose it, declare it to you. So this is what the Spirit of truth is doing. He comes to declare that of Christ in us. Now, now he doesn't just say words in his declaration. He doesn't just come to us and say, well, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus was buried, and Jesus raised from the dead. He, he declares the word himself. And he declares the word himself in you because you've been baptized into him. That's what spiritual baptism is all about, is being baptized into him to be enlightened of him. Glory to God. To be enlightened of him. Not just to be baptized into him, but to be enlightened of him in whom we are in. Now that's what spiritual baptism is about. And we're baptized by God's Spirit into one body. And we all come to drink into one life. So, so what we have in life is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we have in life, the fullness of him. Now, I want us to see this. Flip over to Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And let's start at verse, oh, let's see here, 15. Ephesians 1.15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, there's several things here I want to say. 
God gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The eyes of our understanding are enlightened. In him. So the eyes of our deep thought, the eyes of our mind, our mental faculty, our mind, the deep place in us is enlightening him. Yes. That's salvation. Now, Consider this with me, what it means to be enlightened. I can read these words of, that I'm enlightened in Christ. Well, first thing I, I, I get enlightened is I'm in Christ. He's in me. And I want to apprehend that. I want to apprehend all that means. Okay? But it, he's I'm in Christ and he's in me. And see, by natural birth, that wasn't so. There are people that like to say that. But I don't believe that was so. That's why you had to be born again. Unless you be born of spirits, you shall not see. You shall not have spiritual sight. Because spiritual sight comes from spiritual light. In the natural, you can't have sight if you have no light. So if you go into a deep, dark tunnel... Without light, there's just darkness there. And that's what man was. You were darkness, Paul says. So if I'm not in Christ, I'm in darkness. But now that I am in Christ, I'm in light because he's light. Now the light of him is shining in my heart that my understanding would be enlightened to him. Amen? To be enlightened to him is to know he is righteous and you're made righteous by him. Okay? So when you were in darkness, you knew you were in sin or you were unrighteous. You knew that because you understood that. That was your state of being. You were unrighteous because that's what's in darkness. That's what's in the old man. But now I've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. So now that of Christ is what's being made real to me. And Christ is righteous. Christ is the verdict of him is he's in right standing with God. That's the verdict with him. He is one with the Father. The Father's in him, and he's in the Father. Now, that's a very right standing that he's in the presence of God because the natural man couldn't enter into the presence of God. But Christ has entered into the presence of God, and he's brought us there with him. So, now, his righteousness is made real in my heart. So, what I'm trying to say is the standing that he's in is what's being made real in me. That's what I'm trying to say. 
because I'm in him. And Paul is praying that my heart would be enlightened to the knowledge of him, that I would understand that, that I would live in that understanding. Well, well, that isn't a natural grasping. That's a spiritual understanding. And that spiritual understanding comes from the spiritual one who is Christ that lives in me. And spirituality is defined by him as well. We, we try to define spirituality in ourselves, but the second man is the Lord from heaven. The second man, the last Adam, was made a quickening spirit. So spirituality is found in the spiritual one. Now, now the beauty is we are in him, that is the spiritual one. So that which is spiritual is made real to us because it's that of him. That's what is spiritual, that of Christ. That of Adam is natural and carnal. So, so now what's, what's happening in my soul is that of Christ is being made real in me. And the glory of his inheritance is being made real in my soul. Father, glorify me with thyself. So the glory of God is coming in us by Jesus Christ. He is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And this picture is just in my heart of the Old Testament tabernacle of God's glory coming in a cloud and filling that tabernacle. Now, that was the divine presence of God, right? Sure it was. The divine presence of God now is in the person of Jesus Christ, or the person of Jesus Christ, you could say, is in the divine presence of God. He ascended back unto the Father that he came out of with the complete work. So everywhere the divine presence of God shows up, Christ shows up because he's in the divine presence of God. And the Spirit doesn't speak of himself. It declares Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And he declares him in us, so the glory of Christ is made real in you and me. What's his glory? Well, I believe it's the divine expression of God, of course, but it's, I also believe this work, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. The glory of him in us is we're dead to sin. Now, I couldn't get dead to sin as hard as I try. But the glory of him in me is he is dead unto sin, and he is alive unto God. So as my soul comprehends him, I begin to know death to sin, and I begin to know life unto God. Now, I don't know that through my own ability. I learned that through the ability of the Lord Jesus who is living in me. That's how I learned that. Christ is in me. And he's dead to sin, and therefore we're dead to sin because we're made one with him. And we're alive unto God in him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So the greatness of his power toward us is, is death and sin 
doesn't have dominion over us, but he does. Because Christ was raised from the dead and set in the very authority of God above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named. And to comprehend that, to comprehend the glory of that statement, the majesty of that statement, the greatness of that statement, is to comprehend him in every bit of that. So, so no principality, no power, no might and dominion can overthrow the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. All right. So if I know his authority, if his authority becomes real in me, then I can walk in the earth in the authority of the Lord. Now, it's him being made real in me. I want you to catch this. It's not like you and I are just attaining to these things of God. No, it is him being made real in us. And we're comprehending them. We're understanding them. That's what Paul's saying. The eyes of our heart enlightened in the knowledge of him. Because he's the one that's raised above all principality, might, and dominion, and every name name. And all things are put under his feet, and he's the head over all things. See, see, this salvation is all about him. And, and he's over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills. And that's what I wanted to speak on a moment. He that fills the church. So we're given wisdom and revelation. Our eyes of our heart are illuminated by the light of him that's in us to see him that fills us with himself. See, that's what I see in that glory cloud entering into the tabernacle because you are the temple of the living God. Now Christ is filling his house, which you are, with himself, with his victory over sin, with his victory over death, with his victory over the devil, with his divine nature that he is with the expression of God that he is to be manifest in the earth by us who are his. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. See, see again, taking our minds back, no man can see God and live. So we come to understand in the seeing of him that we're dead and his life is in us and we live by his life. So we don't come here by our own life and our own effort. We come here by the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle John on the Isle of Patmos saw this. He saw the Lord and he fell at his feet as dead. 
when he turned to see the voice that spoke to him in Revelation chapter one, he fell at his feet that like a dead man. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. Revelation 1, 17. And he placed his right hand, his power on me, saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. He is the living one. John was raised up in him to see that of Christ. Because that's where Brother John now dwells. Now, that's when he, where he dwelled then, but he began to see by the Spirit of God that of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Isaiah 6 says, verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, and two covered his face, and with the two he covered his feet, and with the two he flew, and called out one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him that called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with the tongues. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away from you, and your sin is forgiven. So, so in this context here, this is all speaking of Christ sitting on his throne. Sees the Lord on his throne, lofty and exalted, a name above every name, and the train of his robe filling the temple. You are the temple of the living God. He, he's covered us with himself. And the fire of the altar touched the mouth of Isaiah here. You know, this is, of course, Isaiah in the Old, Old Testament, but speaking of Christ. So when the fire of the Spirit touches our mouth, our lips, our understanding, our speech, we understand our sin is taken away. Hallelujah. Our iniquity is taken away. We understand that it's done in him. We understand the victory, just like we were reading about in Ephesians 1. This begins to be the understanding of our heart that he, in his glorious mercy, has made me one with him. Yes, so as he is, John says, so are we in this present world. Well, I can only know him as he is, as he's revealed, as his glory 
is revealed in me, his majesty, his person. When I say his glory, his divine person, he that is dead to sin. See, no man can approach God and live. So, so as that old man, we couldn't live there. We couldn't come here because that nature doesn't dwell in God. See, that nature of Adam wasn't in God. Didn't dwell there. Jesus came into man to die the death of the cross, freeing us from that nature. See, he freed us from that man. But in the, he not only freed us from that man, he brought us into himself, into the nature that he is, the name above every name. Amen. So you and I are in a place, the place of the Lord, to be filled with the wisdom and knowledge of Christ. That's what we're to be filled with because it's him filling us with himself. And the work of this filling is the spirit of God revealing him in you and me. And we comprehend, receive that by faith through the spirit. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So we live here by faith. The faith of the Son of God. That of Him that we're receiving, we're seeing, we're comprehending. So our salvation is a comprehension of Him. That's what salvation is, and that's what Paul was praying that the eyes of understanding of the church would be enlightened to, that the sight of the church would be his glory that fills. And, and folks, I want that to fill me up. You know, I, I see this in the book, you know, just like, his train filling the temple, his robe of his glory filling the temple, his covering me with himself, him being my clothing, my understanding. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Not the old man being my understanding, but Christ being my understanding that I'm dead to the old man and alive unto God that I'm dwelling in the very midst of the eternal God, that God himself is now in me, and I'm now in the living God. And I'm standing there in Christ, because I couldn't stand there in myself. I couldn't come there by myself. I had no ability. That's what Jesus says. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So he's disclosing that of God. And that of God is made known only in him. 
See, only in him do I know that of God, and, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm trying to say something. See, God in his nature, the very nature of God is dead to sin. Not just that Christ died to sin, he did, but the very nature of God doesn't have sin. <laughs> so Christ came into man to die the death of the cross that we could come into God. But the nature of God is not like man. And he says that to Isaiah, my ways are higher than thy ways. My ways are past finding out. But Jesus is how you and I know them. See, see, I couldn't know them of myself. I couldn't attain to them of myself. I couldn't realize them of myself. I know them through Christ being made known in me, being revealed in me. My soul being enlightened of him. That's how I know the things of God. That's how they're disclosed in the person of Jesus Christ. And all the things of him are spiritual. So to know spiritual things is to know Christ. <laughs> it's that simple, folks. So we know him by the Spirit, and what we know of him is spiritual. So I was never spiritual before I was born of his Spirit. Now we can debate whether we have spirits, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I wasn't of that of the Spirit of God. I didn't have the nature of the mind, the understanding of Christ. And that understanding of Christ I have is, a, is according to that of Christ that's been revealed. So that's what I can walk in, that that I see, that that's been made known and I've apprehended or comprehended it by faith. That's what I walk in. I walk by faith. The faith of the Son of God. To comprehend all things of Christ. That's what Ephesians 1 is, is I believe, telling us. The glory of him that fills the church. Him that filleth all. In all, all things are of him in all members of the church. And, I, and I'm just on righteousness. And one of the definitions I was looking at with righteousness was a judgment. So the judgment in Christ is you're righteous because he's righteous. That's the judgment. You're dead to the law, and you're alive unto God. And that's in the person of Jesus Christ. See, that's a powerful statement. You're dead to the law, so the law can't accuse you because you're dead to it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God, and he's your life. So he presents you holy in himself. Amen. And my heart 
heart's desire is to comprehend his holiness, that I can express it, or it can be expressed from me, maybe a better way of saying it, because it'll be him manifesting himself through me. All glory is his. All honor is his. The beauty of the Lord, the love of the Lord, is he's included us in himself. But it's still all his glory. It's still all his honor. And I'm, folks, I'm okay with that. I said this in Bible class the other night, and I'm going to stop here. I said, understanding Christ is in me, and I'm in Christ is, is enough. I, that's an eternal journey to understand the fullness of the statement. What Jesus said in John 14, at that day you'll know I am, at, I am in my Father, you and me, and I and you. That's an eternal statement. I know that as I know him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, may God richly, richly bless you in abundance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May we see him. Amen.